Good morning, everybody. It's Thanksgiving. Um, sorry I didn't get to record earlier. I didn't get up to like eight. But happy Thanksgiving. Okay, so I'm reading chapter seven of Wings of Fire. But let me answer one question that I got. So this is Addison Edith. She said, hi. And like, do you read or listen to other book series? Yes, I do. So, I listen to something of Leaf Wing. Who does reviews in their own book. She does reviews in, the, in her own book. And then I read Harry Potter, the graphic novel series of Wings of Fire, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, uh, The Boxcar Children. Those are the books that I read. But she listened to the episode two hours after it was posted. So I posted it around 10. She listened to it. No. She listened to it when I went to bed at 11. So I posted it around 9.30. Went to bed around 11.30. So let's get... So let's get started. Chapter 6, Wings of Fire, The Dragonette Prophecy. Oh, you really gotta start using the bookmark. Chapter 7, sorry. I hate this, Tsunami says soft, called softly. I hate this a lot. She beat her wings against the chains and that trapped her. <sighs> I don't love it either, said Glory's voice. Shh! Starflight scolded from the riverbank. Clay stood in the shallows, shivering as icy water washed over his talons. He wished he could take fire with him underwater. He wished he knew what he was getting into. He really, really wished he didn't have to go alone. But he had to do this. He glanced at the corner of the cave where Glory had disappeared. Are we sure this is the only way? Sunny asked, splashing the river with her tail. I bet I could think of some more ideas with a little more time. We don't have any more time, Clay said. Follow the current starflight said to Clay. Don't leave the river. If it goes out into the if it goes out into the world anywhere, the current should take you there. 
if clay thought stop and rest anytime you find a place to breathe their flight went on if you can't find a place where the river surfaces don't panic or you'll run out of air faster clay felt like Clay felt like he was panicking already when he thought about swimming into inky blackness. No idea if he'd ever breathe again. His whole body tightened with fear. He fell and brushed the brush of wingtips next to his and turned. The river eated, edited, eated, and the blurry outline of glory, glory beside him. Go hide, he whispered. Go hide. Go hide, he whispered. Thank you, Clay, she said quietly. I'll never, I'll never admit this. I said this, I'll never admit I said this, but I want you to know I would have never made it through the last six years without the four of you. Same here, Clay said. Growing up under the mountain without glory, sunny, tsunami, starflight would have been too miserable to bear. Me too, starflight said. Sunny nodded. She twined her tail in glories. And touch one of Clay's talons. Be really, really careful, Clay. Sunny said. Her chains were tight, taut, taut, taut. Yes, it's taut. I think that's a typo. I think it's supposed to be tight. That's one second, Alexa. How do you spell tight? Tight is spelled T. I. T. H. T. Do you want that one more time? No. It's spelled. Tsunami said her. Tsunami said. Be really careful. Be really, really careful, Clay. Tsunami said. Her chains were T A U T. Tight, I guess, around her legs and neck as she leaned forward. <laughs> as she leaned fo toward, not forward, toward them. Come back if you have to. Don't keep going if it's too dangerous. Don't you dare die, Sunny added, flinging her forearms around his neck and beating his wings with hers. You all stay safe too, Clay said. He took a deep breath, then another. He'll be rolling that boulder away before you know it. He couldn't delay any longer. He nodded to his friends and dove into the river. Swimming helped warm him a little, but his scales still felt crested with ice. By the time he made it down the tunnel. 
to the battle cave. He swam too far. Too far wall. He swam to the... Okay. He swam to the far wall. Where the rock sloped down into the water. He floated for a moment, feeling the current tugging him. And he inhaled and dove down. By the flickering light of torches above... He could see a patch of wall that was darker than the rest. Tsunami was right. This hole was smaller than the gap to the guardian's cave wall. It was flatter, but wider too. Well, it was flatter, but wider too. More like a snarling dragon mouth, complete with sharp outcroppings like teeth. He couldn't see anything but darkness on the other side. They reached form into the hole and felt nothing but emptiness. The recruiter rushed past him. He arrowed to the surface and took the longest, deepest breath of his life, hoping it wouldn't be his last. The water closed over his head in an awful final kind of way. He tried not to think about it. With a few soft kicks, he swam back to the hole and grabbed the rocks on either side of the side to brace himself. He folded his wings tightly to his body and snaked his head through the hole. His shoulders followed, then his wings scraping painfully against the stone teeth. His front talons found a lip of rock ahead and seized it, pulling himself forward. He felt his Shoulders slip into the open space just like his haunches had. Just as his haunches got stuck, but his back claws scrabbled for grip. He tried to flatten himself to the rock, squishing himself. Sideways. He wriggled. As hard as he could, remembering Starfleet's instructions. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't. He popped leaves so suddenly that he spun forward, head over tail, and to flail around with his wings to straighten himself out. As he did, he felt stone brushing his wingtips on either side. Cautiously, he reached out into the darkness. Rock pressed closely behind him. The river was narrow here and the current was strong. It carried him forward even when he wasn't trying to swim. Everything was pitch dark. He tried paddling up to find the surface of the river, but his head barked painfully against the rock ceiling. There was nowhere, only a tight channel filled by the river. He wasn't even sure if there was space to turn around if he wanted to go back. But I don't want to go back. I can't go back. Clay forced himself to swim, kicking his back legs and waving his wings as much as he could in the cramped space. Water gurgled in his ears as if it were laughing at his efforts. His heart beat seemed louder than he ever noticed before. He didn't know how long he swam through the dark, twisting tunnel. After a while, his chest began to hurt. He never actually tried holding his breath for an entire hour. The dragonets only knew he could because it 
said about mud wings in a couple of spells. What if it took practice? What if only a full grown mud wings could do it? What if his lungs were still too small? What if he drowned down here alone? His friends would never know what happened to him and Kesha killed Chloe. I will not panic. Clay climbed forward toward the surface for the hundredth time, setting his jaw stubbornly, but still only solid rock above him. But it seemed like the rock was slanting upward. Was it? He reached his wings up to brush against the stone and swim faster. The channel was definitely getting wider. He couldn't feel the walls on either side of him anymore. Suddenly, the rock above him disappeared as well. The strength of the current dropped away. It felt as he swung out into the wide open pool. Clay beat his wings. Swum. Swam. Swam. Swum. Swam. Okay. Um, there's a few typos in this book. It said it felt as if he swum. It swam out into the wide open pool. And then the other one was tight. That was also a typo. It was supposed to be how we write tight. T-I-G-H-T, not T-A-U-T. And then swum is supposed to be S-W-A-M, not A, or S-W-U-M, or you're supposed to turn it upside down when you read. One is wumps, wumps, wimps, I don't know. But there's a few typos in this book. His, he beat his wings, rising up and up through the dark water. His tail lashed and lashed to drive him forward. He was deeper than he'd realized, far below the surface. But those stars, but were those stars above him? He nearly sucked in a mouthful of water in excitement. Could he have made it outside already? Something was shining overhead. He could see small spots of light like the night sky through the hole. His head burst out of the water. Clay yelled with glee. As he breathed in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, grateful for air like he never had before. This voice echoed back to him, bouncing off the cave walls. This air didn't smell like the nights, like the sky. He couldn't hear anything beyond the stillness of the rock and the fading echoes of his own cry. He floated on top of the surface of the pool. The current was still moving sluggishly somewhere below his talons, somewhere below his talons. All the darkness around him, except for those points of light ahead. Glow worms.
He was still under the mountain in a cave full of thousands of glowworms. The eerie little insects pulsed with greenish light, glowing tendrils hung from several of them, like a shimmering star curtain far above him. Around him, in the pool's reflection by their own dim light, he could faintly see the distant arch in the cave walls. He wasn't outside, but at least he was breathing. He followed Starflight's advice, resting for as long as he dared. Resting for as long as he dared. It was so cold in the water that he couldn't feel the tip of his tail or the outridge of his wings. Or the outer ridge of his wings. He tried breathing in a spurt of fire into the air, but his chest was frozen too. His chest was too frozen to produce more than a flicker of flame. It was almost than he could. It was almost more than he could bear. Sorry, I have this habit of skipping words in books, and my teacher gets so bugged. It's okay, but I need to work on that when I read more. It was almost more than he could bear to make himself duck under the water again. But finally, he took another deep breath and dove. For a terrible moment, he was afraid he'd lost the current. He had no idea where he'd come in. He had no idea if the river even left this cave. What if this wide silent pool was the end? Could he make it back to his friends fighting that strong current the whole way? Then he realized when he floated, there was something carrying him along. It was weaker, but the current was still there. He spread his wings wide and stretched his tail down, letting himself drift like a leaf until he was sure which direction it went. On the far side of the cave, in the dim light of the glowworms, he found a passageway where the river left the pool. The ceiling was still too far above him. He could swim and breathe for a whole, for a while longer. Clay beat his wings to push himself forward through the water. It was peaceful and creepy at the same time, with all those star rooms glowing overhead like a million burning eyes. But it was much preferable. But it was much preferable to solid rock. Complete darkness in nowhere. After a while, the current current started to pick up again. Clay's wing brushed against rocks jutting out of the river, and the glowworms were fewer and farther between. The darkness seemed to press down like Keshul's crushing him during battle training. Then he heard the roaring. Clay's ears pricked up. Was it dragons? His first thought was... He was hearing Kestrel roaring in fury as she discovered she lost glory and clay. But he was too far away to hear anything like that. And he started to worry. What would Kestrel do when she found clay and glory missing? Would she punish the others, especially Tsunami, all changed up and unable to fight back? He was so distracted worrying about his friends that it took him 
a while to notice that the roaring was getting louder. Suddenly, he bashed into a boulder, sticking out of the river, reeling with pain. Placed Bun in the water, flailing for a hold on something. He crashed into another rock, bounced off and slammed into another, into yet another. The river was going so fast now that he couldn't stop himself. He was being dragged toward the roaring at top speed. With a jarring shock, he hit a spur of stone and dug in with all his talents. Water rushing whipped past him, seizing his tail and his wings with icy, desperate fingers. Clay fought his way out of the river until finally he stood ga- grass, gas- gasping on bare rock. He swept his tail around, trying to feel how big a rock, how big a rock he was standing on. I think he's trying to feel how big the rock, not a rock, another typo, three typos that I've read this whole book. I'm going to read it the way I have it. Trying to feel how big the rock he was standing on. A rock he was standing on. It was big. It stretched farther than he could reach. He edged forward until he was sure he was standing on the bank of the river. A slope beside him rose away from the water. He could feel a small trickle of of a stream bubbling down the slope, joining the river near his talons. Sorry. Uh, Clay dropped his head, trying to think. Now what he, what we, what was, now that he was out of the water, the cold was penetrating deep. He coiled and twisted around his bones. He coughed, hoping to summon a flame, but it was no use. Some dragons carried fire within them. A skywing or a nightwing could blast flames anytime. Sea wings and ice wings could never breathe fire, but others like mud wings needed the right conditions. Warmth, most of all. I remember all the fire breathing failures. I could hear Kestrel's scornful voice hissing about what a disappointment he was. Not this time, he thought. I will figure this out. He could guess what the roaring was, though. He had never seen a waterfall. Certainly didn't want to experience one for the first time in total darkness. Even if he could fly over it without his sight, he'd be sure to run into something and crash. But he couldn't leave the river. Could he? Place that one claw in the trickling stream. Was sure surprised. 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 Totally surprised. To find it was a little warmer than the river. Where did it come from? Up? Surely this meant closer to the surface in the outside world. He inhaled, hoping to catch the scent of the outside but only, sm- only a faint smell was of rotten eggs. He set his jaw. The stream had flowed somewhere, somewhere 
not over the waterfall. A waterfall. A again, the fourth typo. It's the same typo, so I'm counting it. Same one. But it's the waterfall. This is my first time reading the books. I know I probably shouldn't be telling you guys that. Like, you guys probably thought this was third at least. But, no. My first time, and I've noticed all these typos. People don't even notice when they're reading. They just read it how it is. The stream had to lead somewhere. Somewhere not over the waterfall. Clay spread his wings to feel the cave walls and crept up the stream. Slipping now and then on slick stone. Soon he felt a ledge ahead of him. He climbed over and splashed into a deeper pool. And our next moment was much stronger up here. Tried to wade forward and the water crept up his legs. And suddenly he felt a stinging pain slice through the softest scales of his underbelly. With a hiss, he scrambled back up onto the ledge. His wings caught something sticky overhead. He felt the same sharp pain shivering through his tendons. He pulled his wings close to his body quickly, but the sickness, the stickiness came with it and sucked his onto scales like enormous globby leeches. He felt like the poison in Dune's tail stabbing him a thousand in a thousand places, dissolving his skin from the inside out. Clay let out an agonized yell, trying to stumble back down the slope to the river. He lost the feel of his stream under his claws. He was stumbling blind over bare rocks, frantic to escape the pain. He lunged forward toward the sound of the waterfall. His head collided with something hard that knocked him to the cave floor. As he lost consciousness, his last thought was, I failed them. That was the end of chapter seven. That was a longer chapter. So, sorry if I coughed or yawned. It's like every time I start podcasting, I'm recording an episode. There's always one yawn that comes. One yawn. Wait, why? And then after the first one, there's another, another. And then like, I cannot stop yawning. Then I start coughing. Sorry guys, but it's hard for me. I'm not used to reading out loud. I prefer not to, but this is one way podcasting is going to help me. I just have a few stages or a lot of people listening to what I have to say. Once you messed up, you're done for. So, thank you guys for listening. Please send more questions through the Q&A that I put out, please. I really would like to pin some of your replies, and I won't continue pinning the same people. There's just the same people. I'll start waiting until new people start listening. So please recommend this podcast to your friends, um, family, and 
I'd like to get to 50 plays, please. Um, at 40 plays per episode. Er, no, I'm at seven plays per episode. So that means there's about four of you, which is very sad because I always thought there was more. But to make this episode last a little longer, to go over 30 minutes, I want to read the back. The Dragonettes are coming to save the day. Clay has lived his whole life under the mountain. The mudwinged Dragonette knows that the war is raging between the dragon tribes in the world outside a war. That he was, that he and four other Dragonettes were destined to end. According to the mysterious prophecy they had been taught, <clears throat> the five chosen dragonettes were stolen from their homes while they were stolen their eggs and hidden away for years all to fulfill the prof- all to fulfill fulfill the prophecy but not every dragonette wants a destiny and when danger threatens one of their own clay and his friends may choose freedom over fate leave the mountain and set the dragon world on a course that no one could have predicted um that was the little blurb on the back of the book really love this book so far i've read the graphic novels 15 times here's a few shout outs for some podcasts there's send you the leaf from this podcast talon's teeth and claw talon's teeth and claws i think Something like that. There's Midnight Wings 12's podcast, The World of Wings of Fire. There's Addison Edith's podcast, Addie Cast. Um, her sister has a podcast, Abby Casting. I don't know, I haven't listened to that one yet, but it's kind of hard for me to listen to a lot of different podcasts. I've listened to Midnight Wings' whole book series, like the whole thing within a week or two maybe maybe a week or and a half so that's how much i like that podcast i've listened to addy cast read i've had a few shout outs to give her but i always forget so those were your shout outs oh it's a new leaf wing Don't stop reading. I will never stop listening to your podcast. Same to me in the night and 12. I just want some new episodes. Addycast. I might not stop. Depends on. Because I just made those promises that I wouldn't stop to those podcasts. But I'll try not to stop listening to any podcast. Um, I'm sorry. Last time, Sunday. I said Sunday. Because the mind was on something else. Because I had made that episode the day before I started. Um, with. I was just watching TV. I'm like, I should do an episode. And. It was a Preston video, so it's Sunday. We were like Baby Preston goes to school. I don't know who does that one, but 
Yeah, Sunday was there, and we were talking about Sunday a lot. So, bye. Thank you guys for listening. Never stop reading. Never stop listening to podcasts. Don't break promises. Please don't. That hurt my heart. Thank you guys. Bye.